Blog Talk Radio. today. I want to get right into it. Um, could you tell us a little bit about your background? How did you first get into writing professionally and how did that lead to working on Stargate? Uh, you know, I, I was always a big reader as a kid and I loved sci-fi and I always figured I would be an author uh, until basically, you know, the, the, the cold reality hit me that uh, uh, writing prose is really hard work and uh, doesn't really pay as much as let's say other uh, writing ventures. And, you know, I, I, I wrote a terrible novel uh, that my um, uh, Stargate writing partner, Paul Mully read and said, you know, this is a terrible novel, but do you ever think, you know, it might make a good script. So basically I learned the uh, script format and I turned that terrible novel into an equally terrible script, but, you know, it got me thinking. Um, and then essentially I just got in the door. I put, got my foot in the door in the animation. I started off, writing um you know for for children's cartoons and eventually i developed and i story edited children's cartoons and i moved up to you know teen live action and did a show called student bodies for for a couple of seasons did some action adventure shows and ultimately ended up on on stargate in season four and um you know my partner paul and i landed with the understanding that uh the show would probably go another season and would end with its fifth and final season. So we thought, Oh, you know, great, you know, good experience, um, great credits. And of course, you know, you know, uh, SG one ended up, uh, you know, surpassing our expectations. And every year we thought the series would end. We kept on getting picked up until season 10, when I honestly was sure we were going to get picked up, which as it turned out was a kiss of death because uh, that was the year that uh, the show ended. But in any case, you know, we moved on from there to Atlantis and then from Atlantis to um, uh, to Stargate Universe, then a couple of productions that uh, I'd sooner forget, and then ultimately uh, Dark Matter, which uh, wrapped its uh, third and sadly final season uh, last summer. Yeah, well, I want to get into to all of those shows. Um, before we start on Stargate um, SG-1, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about Working in Canada, do you think there's any significant differences um, getting involved in that field there compared to the U.S.? Um, yes and no. I mean, at the end of the day, we all want to make quality television. Um, obviously, in 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 Canada, I'm a much uh, 
uh, you know, I'm playing in a much smaller pond, if you will. Uh, although, the, you know, the opportunities aren't quite as quite as big. I mean, we don't have the budgets of, let's say, the bigger network shows uh, in the U.S. Uh, you know, on the other hand, you know, there's a lot of genre television going on in Vancouver and in, in, in Toronto, a lot of production, and that's because of the, you know, one is a Canadian dollar, the difference of the Canadian dollar, and get you somewhere between 15 to, you know, 20, 25%, depending on, on, on what the rate is uh, on the exchange, and also the um, generous tax credits. And, you know, ultimately, if you're, if you're shooting a show with visual effects, you want to ensure that the money you have budgeted ends up on screen. And so, you know, for, for that reason, uh, Canada is, is very attractive. And, and, you know, as a kid who grew up reading Asimov and, and, and Clark, um, you know, it's just a perfect place for me to be for now, in any case. I mean, I've, had, I've been very lucky, you know, as, as I mentioned, I was on Stargate, I finished up Dark Matter, and I, I have a number of uh, irons in the fire, and hopefully I'll continue in the genre. If not, then, uh, you know, I'll check out other opportunities. Well, Dark Matter is not finished for me, but that's, a, that's another story. Um, okay, well, let's, uh, let's get started on SG-1. Um, the first episode sure. you wrote, I believe it was Window of Opportunity. That was one of my, my favorite episodes. I was wondering, how did that one come about? Um, was there any inspiration in particular for the scene where Jack hits the golf ball through the Stargate? That's one of my favorite scenes. Okay, well, actually, the first script we wrote was actually Scorched Earth. Uh, but, it was, okay. uh, and actually that's, that's, that's the script that actually won us the, uh, the, the staff position. Uh, but window of opportunity was the one, the first episode that actually went to camera and, uh, the original mm-hmm. pitch actually was much darker. It was, it was about a, um, uh, about the team encountering a civilization that is trying to avert a, uh, planetary extinction by continually, uh, looping back in time to try and, 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 and head off the catastrophe. And ultimately, Robert Cooper, who was one of the uh, co-creators of Atlantis and, and, and at the time was a co-showrunner of SG-1 with Brad Wright, started giving us notes and was like, well, you know, instead of, you know, it's too dark, why don't we do this and play the humor? And ultimately, I realized we're, we're just doing Groundhog Day. And he's like, exactly. And, you know, initially my thought was, well, why do we want to really just, you know, do another Groundhog Day? And... It's something I quickly realized on, on SG-1 in particular was the fact that, you know, there are a lot of, you know, great sci-fi chestnuts, if you will. And what makes them special is how our characters react or, you know, in, in, the, in the scenario. So in the case of uh, Window of Opportunity, uh, it's O'Neill and Teal, the, the, you know, the, the two guys who you know, are not scientifically grounded and can find the solution who basically don't understand ancient, who are called upon to understand the science and speak ancient. And, you know, it was, it was just a lot of fun. Um, the golfing through the, um, uh, through the gate sequence that you're talking about, there's this fantastic montage in the middle where, where essentially they take some time off and, and we check in on them, you know, Neil, you know, doing pottery, dipping uh, a Carter for the kiss. And of course that, that golf episode, uh, that golf uh, scene that came about because we were actually short uh, in the episode. We came up short by about, I think a couple of minutes. And so Brad Wright uh, sat down and actually wrote that montage and included the, uh, the golf uh, 
scene because he and the other producers were such avid golfers. And so, you know, that's how that, that, that scene came about. And it, it's funny to think if we wouldn't have been short, we wouldn't have gotten that amazing montage. Sure. That, um, that makes sense. Another one, uh, wormhole extreme. That was another funny episode you wrote. Um, could you talk a little bit about yeah. that one? Uh, yeah, I mean, that one came, you know, came about just because, uh, you know, partly because of the kind of notes we would get, uh, you know, on the show and just partly because of our love for sci-fi. It's really a celebration of sci-fi and the fans. Um, you know, there's, there's that one instance where one of the, uh, 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 one of the network executives who's actually played by a, a network executive has a little cameo and says, you know what the show needs is a sexy female alien. And which was actually one of the notes that we got early in season four uh, that the fans reacted to uh, not in a positive way. So it's, you know, it's just sort of our, our opportunity to kind of poke fan, uh, fun at us and not really poke fun at the fans, but, but sort of celebrate fandom because, you know, uh, at the end of the day, like any show, um, it all comes down to the fans and, and genre shows in general, especially shows like sci-fi where uh, it's, at the core, it's about this family unit. Um, they really command such a passionate fan base. So, um, you know, nothing but respect and love for the fans in, in that episode. Sure, and I think the fans were still supporting the show after 10 years. So uh, I thought it could have kept going. I mean, the story was, was good when they rebooted it with the whole ORI arc, and um, it was a shame to see it in there. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I, I thought for sure. I remember uh, being on set. I think we were shooting one of the, uh, I think one of the mid-season two-parters, and I was uh, talking to Chris Judge, and and he was like, oh, well, of course we're coming back, and and we had this conversation, and I said, yeah, well, yeah, of course we're coming back. I mean, it just makes sense because we're we were running uh, simultaneous productions uh, at the time, Atlantis and and SG One, and and uh, it was just it, it, it you know it it didn't dawn on me at that point. We've gotten you know so many you know eleventh hour reprieves and saves and 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 um and uh pickups that you know i i fully expected to come back and you know when we heard that we weren't coming back of course it was very disappointing because i mean we honestly could have kept going and you know as you said we kind of revitalized things a bit with with the new villain and and the addition of uh, ben browder and claudia black as, as two new characters so uh you know even though like atlantis continued um, you know, SG One always had a special uh, place in my heart, just for the characters and and, and the tone and you know the, the type of stories we were able to tell. Uh, there was definitely um, a lot more that I liked there than I didn't. Uh, there was one episode in particular I thought was a good one. Um, family ties towards the end of the series. I thought it was weirdly placed though. Was it always meant to be there? Because it seemed strange. Yeah, talk to well, it. yes. No, I. I, I I thank you for that because that one was not a fan favorite uh, because at, at that point, um, you know, I finished the draft and, 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 and um, we were actually, um, you know, going to go to camera and, and it was around that time that we found out about the um, cancellations. So the fan response, because it was a late season episode, the fans response was, you know, why are we wasting time on these comedic episodes, you know, when we should be wrapping up the series. But honestly at the time and I was writing it, I didn't know, that we were getting, we, we were, uh, you know, that we'd been canceled. However, you know, in a subsequent draft before we went to camera, uh, you know, if you pay 
close attention to the episode, you will notice somewhat subtle digs uh, and references to the uh, to the uh, to the cancellation. I think you know it opens with uh, with um, uh, you know uh, Cameron Mitchell coming around the corner talking to someone, saying uh, you know uh, you know you know I didn't even know the show's being canceled, and then. Uh, um, there's, you know, Carter talking to, uh, to Dr. Lee in, in the lab and, and talking about how the fact that uh, the Stargate program doesn't get the respect it really deserves from higher ups. And, you know, there were, there were somewhat uh, veiled references to the fact that uh, we've been canceled and uh, we weren't happy about it. No, I thought those were great. So why some fans didn't like it, I don't know, but uh, it was a good one. Um, Thank you. I was wondering... You're you're welcome. Um, so General Hammond, he was really one of my favorite characters. I was wondering if you had any interesting mm. stories about uh, the great Don Davis. You know, Don was a you don't want to say larger than life. He um, you know a uh, grew up a, a southern boy in the uh, you know Appalachians, and and uh, you know I got along with all the cast members, but Don was a guy that I would hang out with you know we would go for dinners he he referred to himself as a gourmand because he liked he he, he didn't know the the intricacies and the subtleties of, of flavor profiles but he liked to eat and uh and and you know it was just like kind of a pleasure hanging out with him and he always come by the office he was an artist as well in his spare time and 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 loved to sketch and 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 you know it, it you know, I, I, I look back at him with, 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 with great fondness. He, um, you know, uh, it, you know, it, it was, you know, very, very, very sad to lose him. And, you know, he was just a genuinely very nice guy. He really appreciated the fandom and, and, you know, really went out of his way to, to, I think, make all the fans he, he, he met at his various conventions feel, feel very special. Oh yeah. I was, um, it was quite awful to hear that, but uh, thanks for thanks for sharing that. Um, so I want to I want to pivot to Atlantis in a second, real quick. There's something that's mm-hmm. been on my mind with with Stargate for years. I always wondered when it was on Showtime, they had I think 22 episodes a season. You'd never get that on a premium cable network now. Is there any reason mm-hmm. you know in particular? No. Um. You know, I, I I don't know. It's really I guess just kind of the nature of the beast. The the fact that I think. Um, there's kind of been this shift to serialized to the serialized format, which um, you know the, the the shorter orders are you know work better for, and just in terms of of being able to tell that that kind of uh, you know uh, serialized storyline. But also, I, you know, I I think just with the proliferation of programming and and the desire to sort of uh, um, you know, uh, uh, make the most of, of the money these broadcasters have, you know, rather than, than commit to like two episodes or even 20 episodes, um, you know, they, they, they're looking for um, maybe with, uh, with less episodes. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's more sort of a, a, a cable model. I mean, the networks for sure, uh, they still – you know, well, there are there 20, 24 or so episodes a season. However, you're not going to find very much sci-fi or far future sci-fi on the networks, unfortunately. Sure. Okay. Well, Atlantis, I'm going to, I'm going to kick it off with, um, 
yeah. was one that really got me. Uh, I thought Dr. Beckett was a, was a great character. So what was behind the decision to kill him originally? Um, this is a great question for uh, the writer of the script, Martin Garrow, who is presently the showrunner, uh, creator showrunner of Blind Spot. You got to have him on your show. He is a, a delightful mm-hmm. guy. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, you know, ultimately, I don't want to speak for Martin, but I think he, you know, he, he needed, uh, you know, a certain amount of gravitas to counterbalance um, the tone or, or, you know, if you will, kind of the, the type of story that he wanted to tell uh, in the episode Sunday and this idea that, um, you know, these people go out and risk their lives every day and there are dangers out there, but unbeknownst to them, there could be dangers uh, in the most unexpected or most mundane of uh, of moments, and and that's you know, you know that that that's what Sunday proves. You know the fact that basically it's, it's like a, a almost like a regular day, a down you know downtime day for everybody, you know on on Atlantis, and uh, it, it it ends in 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 tragedy, and you know that last moment where Beckett. Uh, appears to say goodbye to, to McKay, I think is, is, you know, rivals, uh, uh, Daniel Jackson's goodbye to O'Neill as one of like the saddest, uh, scenes in, in Stargate history. I thought it was very impactful. And, you know, not, I know a lot of the fans, uh, didn't love it. They loved the, the, the Beckett character and Paul McGillian is, is great and was great. But, uh, in order for the, for that episode and for that message to resonate, there had to be some sort of loss, and, um, you know, and unfortunately, it, it, it turned out to be Dr. Beckett. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that uh, I mean, essentially, that makes... yeah, I just, I just want to say basically, you know, I, I don't think, you know, the, the episode would have been as effective if it had been uh, a lesser character. So, so, you know, I would put it that way. Sure. No, it was uh, it was powerful, but I guess the fans are fans are powerful, too, since they brought him back later. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Well, in the uh, in the finale that you, you co-wrote for Atlantis, uh, can you give us some details about where the story would have went in that uh, canceled Atlantis movie? Sorry, if the... Uh, in the in the finale that you co-wrote for Atlantis, can you give us some details about where that was leading into? Um, you know, where that would have led had the Atlantis movie that was planned actually come to fruition. Yeah, I mean. To be honest with you, the the finale was not planned as a series finale. We we honestly thought we were coming back for a sixth season, and so the plan had been to. In fact, actually, this was the plan that Rob Cooper pitched out. He he suggested that um, we actually shoot the first two episodes of season uh, what would have been season six, the, the opening two parter, uh, at the tail end of season five. Because you know we would it would have just been cheaper, and we could have hedged our bets so that in the event that uh, uh, you know the show wasn't picked up, then we could release it as a special movie and give the fans some some sort of closure. Although one could argue that the fact that Atlantis is back on Earth and 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 you know looking out onto the gold, Golden Gate Bridge is is kind of a form of closure, uh, but it, but it kind of left too many questions unanswered, and, and so uh, that's what we set out to do. And um, uh, ultimately, we ended up writing uh, the two-parter, which which became the script for Stargate Extinction, which involved 
uh, the Atlantis, uh, which is the city of Atlantis returning to Pegasus and, um, you know, encountering essentially the, the, the wormhole drive breaking down near a planet um, and then going down to the sur- down to the planet's surface. And, and to be honest with you, the story that unfolds, uh, you know, has parallels in a later Stargate Universe episode called, um, was, it, uh, was it Epilogue or Common Descent, where they, come, where they go down to the planet and, and encounter um, uh, future versions of themselves mm. or, or, or descendants. Uh, their descendants, and that was an idea that we actually originally had for the Atlantis uh, movie, uh, and ultimately they, you know, it, it, we were always big fans of sort of time travel, and so it would be in a, it would essentially be in a time travel story, and would have ended with um, uh, the city of Atlantis back in Pegasus, um, resuming business as usual, and and you know, much like SG One suggesting that the expedition was still out there rather than, than, than back on earth. Um, mm. You know, unfortunately we wrote the script, but uh, the bottom fell out of the DVD market. Uh, MGM at the time was, was going through their own issues and decided not to pursue the movie. Um, and, um, you know, it just, we ended up shelving it, uh, moving on to Stargate universe. And then ultimately that kind of, you know, common descent storyline, uh, was used in 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 the um, uh, in the Stargate uh, universe uh, series, uh, and and so it, you know it, it's kind of disappointing. And, you know, at one point a couple of years ago, we were I, I was approached by a comic book company that was looking to continue the um, uh, you know one of the Stargates, uh, you know either SG One Atlantis or Universe. Basically, they were they were open to it. I think they they, they just acquired the comic book, the licensing rights to the comic book and the characters, and approached me about writing a comic book. And I, and, you know, my response was, well, actually, you know, we've already got the script for the Stargate extinction comic book. I think the fans would love to know what we had planned. And so there was talk. We went down, you know, that road. I think they even announced the release. And then ultimately I think the studio changed their minds or they they went in another direction. And so that was also shelved. Mm -hmm. So again, you know, another disappointment, but, um, you know, in the end, we had plans. In fact, actually, you know, uh, at one point we had on, on my blog, I blog every day. I've been blogging, I've been blogging every day for almost 10 years. In fact, uh, uh, you know, if you check out the blog in the early years, you'll find a lot of behind-the-scenes photos and stories about my time on Stargate Atlantis. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, on, you know, on, on the blog, I, I kind of give a breakdown on um, on the Stargate extinction um, storyline as well as as a, a, you know I, I refer to it as a, 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 a you know an AU alternate universe season six of Atlantis where I break down some of the ideas that uh, we were going to tackle in the show sixth season. Well, uh, speaking of uh, you know, unresolved plot lines, let's uh, talk a little bit about Stargate Universe. Um, on that show, I thought Robert Carlyle was was really the highlight of it. He he was fantastic. Um, the show yeah. itself, I enjoyed it. It didn't click for me quite as much as the other two, but uh, I was wondering you know, what the plans were for that. I know that I forgot who said it. Someone said that the initial plan was to let it run at least three seasons. So. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the plan was for, obviously to, to go five season, act, actually. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I get that. It was a very different animal from, from Stargate, uh, SG-1, and, and Atlantis, just tonally. Um, you know, the other two shows us kind of a lighter tone. It was, they, they, were, they were more fun. Frankly, they were easier to write. Um, you know, universe was a little more hard science, a little darker. Um, you know, still there were some brilliant episodes. The episode Time, that written by Robert Cooper, was one of my favorites. Uh, you know, the entire Stargate canon. Um, but you know, it, you know, Brad and Robert wanted to set out and do something different. And to be honest with you, when they went out to pitch it, they didn't want to do a Stargate show. They wanted to do something different. But you know, because they were known for Stargate and because Stargate was a property. Uh, you know, they were really pushed to reimagine the show they were pitching as a Stargate, as a, you know, as a third Stargate incarnation, in which, you know, is how Stargate Universe was born. And so, you know, we, you know, we went a couple of seasons and, and you know, it was a tough time for sci-fi in general. Um, you know, ratings were dropping across the board. And then the fact is, as you pointed out, you, you were not maybe as big a fan of Stargate Universe because it was not like the Stargate you knew. And, um, you know, the, the, the numbers were, you know, kind of dropped off. And, but, you know, by season two, you know, it was looking like the show was in trouble. And, and, and we'd been told that, oh, you know what, um, you know, it's looking like we'll get an order for a third and final season, which is really, at the end of the day, more than you can ask for. I mean, I understand, you know, uh, if the numbers aren't working out, if it doesn't make financial sense for a network, just appreciate the fact that they will allow the fans some closure and uh and so we operated we had to you know near the end we were operating under the assumption that we we're going to come back for a third season and and paul and i my, my longtime writing partner wrote that finale and uh and you know that finale just really encapsulates for me a lot of what stargate was about and i wrote that dinner scene where that final dinner scene where they're sitting around the table and they're talking uh, and, and Eli equates them to almost like a family. And that's how I felt about SG-1. And that's how I felt about the Atlantis expedition and, and the universe uh, crew. And, and even, you know, later when I went on to do Dark Matter, this idea that this crew is like family and that the fans tune in to check in on them like an extended family. And so Eli gives voice to that in, in that episode. And then in the end, um, you know, Paul you know, you know, was, was actually quite brilliant. And, you know, he said, you know, just in case because stranger things have happened, and even though they say we probably will come back for a third season in case we don't let's bookend the series. So you'll, you know, I'm sure you'll, you notice or fans will notice that uh, the opening of, of the show starts with, you know, these beautiful uh, shots of, 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 you know, the camera kind of uh, 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 descending, I think, uh, through the various levels of the ship, as a ship suddenly comes alive and lights up, uh, and then the, you know, the final uh, montage sequence at the end of of the series is the opposite. We're actually going up, and we're seeing the ship shut down, and all the lights go out, and we end with Eli, uh, you know, on, on the observation deck, looking at hope, you know, looking out hopefully uh, at the stars, exactly where he wants to be. And then that was that, sadly. Oh, that, um, I remember that, too. Um, uh, let's, get into, let's get into dark matter here. Uh, how did the idea originally come about? I know you were working on a different project at the time, and that one fell through. 
Well, actually, I was, I've always been a big fan of villains, the bad guys, the colorful characters. And, and you know, it's something I explore constantly in, in, in my writing is this idea of redemption. And, and, you know, everyone has something in their past that they regret and, and you know, to various degrees. Um, and so, you know, Dark Matter was a show that I was developing way back when I was on Stargate. And the idea being that, you know, once Stargate was over, I could roll into Dark Matter. And, uh, of course, Stargate kept on getting picked up, uh, which was nice in a way because it, you know, in putting off Dark Matter, it really allowed me to flesh out the characters and the backstory so that by the time we did get that green light, um, I had all five seasons planned. I had all the story arcs for the characters planned. Um, and it allowed me to really sort of um, throw out hints and kind of lay little breadcrumbs along the way uh, as I was telling these stories. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, as you said, at the time, you know, we developed Dark Matter. It, originally, actually, it was a pilot script, but from my experience in animation, I, I, I knew that, um, you know, original ideas are a tough sell, but everybody loves IP. Everybody loves established properties, books and comic books. So I approached, I approached uh, Keith Goldberg at Dark Horse Comics to turn what would have been the first two episodes, the first two scripts of Dark Matter into a four-episode um, you know, opening arc. And so uh, Gary Brown was the artist, and he did a phenomenal job. Patrick Thorpe was our editor. Um, it was just such an amazing experience. Um, very different from what I'm used to uh, writing scripts. And the comic book launched, and um, it was collected into a graphic novel that subsequently uh, Jay Firestone of Prodigy Pictures went out and pitched. And one of the nice things about having the comic book is when you pitch a store, you know, a, a series to, um, you know, a group of executives, they'll often uh, imagine the worst possible execution of your vision. Uh, but if they have a comic book there, it's a visual aid that takes them through what you imagine, more or less. And so that comic book helped make the sale. And, um, you know, it, 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 but it was you know, kind of a long time coming, to be honest with you. I mean, there was a, there was a point where I assumed that another show I had developed was about to get the green light and Dark Matter was dead. And then within the course of 24 hours, you know, the show that I developed was dead and suddenly Dark Matter was a go and it was like a mad scramble to, uh, you know, to, to prep and, and get ready for production. Sure. And uh, once the show started, um, I thought one was a, was a great character and I heard he was forcefully written off and he had to change some things around. Uh, what happened with that? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the, the, the character, as it turned out, was a little more different, ultimately, than we had imagined on the page. I mean, I imagined him as more kind of a, a fish-out-of-water um, uh, Ben Browder type from Farscape, and, uh, sort of another show that I was a huge fan of. Um, but, you know, we made adjustments as sort of time went on, and then ultimately, uh, as we, you know, prepared for season two, uh, you'll always get, you know, input uh, creative input and, and, you know, you, you, you pick and choose your battles. And, and, and one of the big asks for season two was to shake things up and kill off a major character and specifically the one character. Um, and it, you know, ultimately, you know, he was a character that I had actually wanted to have stick around. I, you know, I'm a, a huge fan of Mark Van David and, uh, you know, I, you know, I, 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 I you know, I, I still think he was great in the role, um, 
but ultimately, you know, they wanted a change and, and it was not a battle that I, I, you know, was prepared or was in a position to, to, to fight at that time. And so, you know, ultimately I, I acquiesced because I felt the, you know, it was always possible to bring back the Jace Corso character as well. So even though we would be killing off one, um, you know, there, there was a possibility of, of Mark coming back to the show. And also, I mean, I had an idea, uh, for a way to bring the one character back, you know, one of the nice things about science fiction is, you know, as we used to tell people all the time on Stargate when we kill other characters is that no one ever really dies in science fiction. So, uh, you know, I, I did have a plan in my back pocket for dark matters fourth season, uh, to bring the one character back. Um, you know, but sadly it never came to fruition and, uh, and, you know, you know the the this the series ended there with a you know third season cliffhanger with androids and aliens and the promise of so much sci-fi goodness now well i was wondering too is there any chance we'll have like a farscape type miniseries conclusion i mean that show was dead and they brought it back so yeah i mean i to be honest with i i kind of hold out hope but just the way uh things went um you know it, leading up to the uh, you know the 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 official cancellation and the fallout afterwards i don't think so i mean you know i i, I heard that um you know we were on the bubble but I, you know i was fairly confident because um you know if you look back at the those those you know the, the sci-fi slate for 20 uh 2017 we were one of their most watched shows uh still um, and, um, you know, even, you know, they, even though they didn't own us, we didn't cost a lot, certainly in comparison to a lot of their originals. Uh, and like I said, I mean, you know, they're the sci-fi channel, presumably they love sci-fi and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you can't get much more sci-fi than an Android uprising and alien <laughs> and an alien invasion. Um, and, you know, when I heard we were on the bubble, I sort of reached out and said, Hey, maybe we could, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, you know, we can we can find a way to maybe you know, uh, trim the uh, uh, the um, licensing fee and maybe not make maybe make it even less expensive for you. And they were like, no. And I was like, well, you know, can we at least uh, you know talk about uh, you know maybe a, a, a calling it a fourth and final season? And you know, I'll, I can collapse my plans for seasons four and five and give the fans some sort of closure. And they're like, no. And then they announced a cancellation. And we followed up with a request for maybe a wrap-up movie for the fans, and uh, frankly, never heard back, which uh, you know was a bit uh, uh, surprising, uh, or maybe not. I don't know. Uh, so you know, the fact how things kind of went down um, in the end, uh, you know, I'll be honest. I you know, and I have been honest online. It, it kind of left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth, considering you know I did the math. I, you know, I produced 279 hours of science fiction for the channel and uh you know would it be nice to get a response uh at the very least oh that's uh i mean that's that's really unfortunate um i mean especially for a channel that has so many good shows over the years they've been prematurely canceling quite a few of them and even when they're profitable i i don't understand that yeah yeah i mean you know you know prof you know you know how how you measure profitability i mean I, you know i don't know I, and and like i said i i you know i've 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 uh, i've been on the receiving ends of cancellations before and i get it it's a business decision um 
However, I thought Dark Matter was kind of a, a, a unique uh, uh, case where, um, you know, I've mentioned this before, where, where I think, you know, when you put a show on the air, you, you enter into an unspoken agreement with your audience that if they tune in, uh, mm. you'll continue to support their show. And our fans did tune in. Um, and uh, in the end, uh, the show was not supported. And like, like I said, I mean, I get it. I just thought, um, you know, I, it, it, you know, at the end of the day, whatever. I mean, you know, you know, after 17 seasons on Stargate, three seasons of Dark Matter, and various other projects, you know, my dogs are not going to starve. It's frustrating to not be able to finish the story I had planned. But really, you know, my response was more uh, disappointment and. Uh, you know, I was frankly a little peeved, uh, not really so much for myself, but for the cast and crew who worked really hard and for fandom who frankly supported the show. And, you know, I, I wrote in my blog when, when I announced the cancellation, you know, uh, you guys deserve better. And they did. Oh, I, I definitely agree. Uh, I know we're running a little long here. I got a couple last questions here. Um, sure. Last on Dark Matter. I'm uh, I'm nitpicking here, but it drove me crazy how yeah. 600 years in the future they have modern day computer monitors in their quarters. Uh, is there yes. any reason for some, I don't know, just you know logistics? In fact, actually, that was going to be part of the uh, uh, the uh, the Android Rebellion storyline, and we're going to essentially re- re- you know get into the backstory of sort of the technology of the time and the fact, like you say, we're, you know, presumably hundreds of years into the future, and yet we're still using certain, um, I guess, traditional, if you will, technology. And the idea that uh, in an attempt to forestall the singularity, um, you know, essentially, uh, you know, the, the, the rise of artificial in, in intelligence, the authorities purposely, um, you know, put the brakes on certain aspects of technology. Um, and so to account for sort of the, obviously kind of the, the, the dichotomy of, of some of like the, the, the holographic imagery and the more, um, I guess, um, um, old style, um, you know, computers and such in, 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 you know, in the ships, again, it would, you know, it would really ultimately depend on what, you know, what kind of a ship it was, you know, or what kind of a, a location it was, um, you know, and who was behind, you know, the specific technology. Um, so that was kind of something I, I wanted to get into and, and, and kind of prepare, you know, provide a few answers for in the, uh, in, in the Android storyline. But, you know, again, never really got the chance to. Sure. And uh, do you have any thoughts on this, the web series MGM is doing? I'm not sure exactly how much they're putting into this um no i mean you know i i wish them luck i you know i uh you know i i you know there's a special place in my heart for for stargate and the stargate fandom and and you know everyone is flocking now to streaming platforms so this is their attempt to establish a streaming platform engage fan reaction sort of like CBS has done with uh, the uh, their platform and and really you know I hope it works out for them it, you know they're testing it with this web series um, but you know I've, I've heard rumors that uh, you know they would look to relaunch a Stargate series but you know they're faced with a dilemma on the one hand I think they want to do something new and strike out in a new, in, a, in an all new direction which is great but on the other hand I think the fandom the fan base that exists 
um, you know, grew up with those TV shows and, you know, it, no matter what direction they take, I think, you know, rather than wiping the, the, the slate clean with a reboot, I think it would be really in their best interests to establish a show within kind of the universe that was created, that, that, that SG-1 and Atlantis and, and even universe, you know, existed in so that, you know, there's a possibility mm-hmm. of some sort of like even a minimal crossover, maybe a character shows up in an episode here or there. Um, to, you know, sort of pay tribute to what came before. Because like I said, that existing fandom is so passionate and and very much still out there. I'm sure it'd be nice if they, they did something like that. I know they were talking about possibly continuing the original movie and making that into a series that died down too. So, um, Yeah, yeah. I mean, fin- yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, finally, I know you have some... Uh, you have some projects coming up. Um, is there any you want to mention in particular? I think there was a superhero one. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, there, you know, I, to be honest with you, I've got, you know, uh, almost like a dozen things on the go in various stages of development. Certainly one of the more developed is that masked uh, anthology you mentioned that it was a, um, an anthology of uh, superhero fiction that I contributed to way back in, I think 2010 or 2012 edited by Lou Anders and, um, you know, include stories by a lot of, you know, big comic book uh, heavyweights like Gail Simone and Marjorie Liu and Paul Cornell. And, and um, the idea is to set it up as an anthology series, somewhat like Black Mirror, you know, except instead of the focus on technology, the, the focus is on, is on um, you know, these super abilities. But I mean, like uh, Black Mirror, you know, even though it focuses on technology, it's really the story, you know, it focuses on the characters and how they, you know, react and respond to the technology. And, and that's kind of the same thing you want to do with, with masks and, and, you know, how, how having superpowers affect people, uh, you know, regular people, you know, in, in good and bad ways. And so we're out and pitching that one. And, and you know, I'm, I'm developing a couple of other um, sci-fi properties. I've got a couple of sci-fi uh, pitches out. One of them you know, I, I described in my blog as sort of a uh, a spiritual successor to Dark Matter. Uh, I'm waiting to hear word about that. Um, actually, I'm I'm writing a script for a broadcaster. I was asked to develop this, and this is a little more, uh, um, you know, a little darker in many ways, um, and very different from any sci-fi that I've done before. Um, and then, you know, just there, I, you know, a lot of adaptations. I'm a huge reader, and so um, I've been approached about adapting um, a sci-fi book, uh, a couple of horror novels, which is kind of interesting, um, and uh, you know, even taking a look at some, you know, uh, anime and, and and Korean shows that you know I'm a fan uh, of as well, and and maybe looking to adapt them to uh, you know to a North American series format. So, you know a lot on the go, but at the end of the day, you don't know in this business, um, you got to hedge your bets because, uh, you know, like, like, as was the case with dark matter, just when you think something's going to go, it's not, uh, on the other hand, you know, things that you, you know, may seem like long shots will suddenly uh, get the green light. So, uh, cover your bases. Sure. Well, I, uh, hope to see some of these projects in the air soon and thanks. uh, Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Take care. Thanks. Thanks. That was uh, Joseph Malazzi. Um, Great to have him on the show. 
We'll be having some new episodes soon, too. There's some guests to announce as well. Uh, be sure to check out his blog. And uh, once again, this is the Me, AJ Bruno Show. See you next time.